Hello everyone and welcome to the Highbury Hangout podcast. In today's episode we're going to be talking all about Arsenal v Leicester in the WSL over the weekend. So Jonas Eidevel made six changes to the side that defeated Bristol City in our midweek Conti Cup game. As Amanda Elister, Alessia Russo, Steph Catley, Caitlin Ford and Manu Zimsberger all returned, Kim Little and Leah Volti remained out of the squad, so not even on the bench. And our news signing, the Matilda star midfielder Kara Cooney-Cross and Victoria Pulova came in. Obviously, this was Kara Cooney-Cross's first start in the WSL. She has already featured for Arsenal, though. As usual, we'll start off with a little game recap and then we'll dive into some analysis, which I think particularly for this week is super interesting. So early doors, Pulova had a really good chance, but the ball just went wide of the goal. And Leicester were looking strong. I will admit this from the start. I definitely don't think Arsenal were as confident as they would have liked going into it. Um, And then we see another chance from Pulova get just wide again. Obviously, this time it went just over the crossbar as she attempted to chip the keeper. Then the game had quite a few examples of like stunning last-ditch defending from both sides. And in fairness, Lotta continued to show just how strong her form is right now. Lotta is really putting her case forward to kind of be the main player in contention when Lee Williamson comes back to like be her partner. However, not long after, Leicester scored and we didn't even have that long to reset. You could tell that we hadn't reset properly and Leicester doubled their lead in just minutes. We went in at half-time, just a little shell shock to be honest, especially if anyone saw Jonas Eidvall's face. That is definitely going to be a meme, I just know it. Twitter is imploding. There were some pretty unhappy faces from the bench as well. Like overall, not great and also not expected. Obviously, Leicester did have a very impressive start to the season and they're definitely improving under Willie Kirk. I think people underestimate them as a side. But ultimately, with the calibre of players and now depth that we have, Arsenal should have expected to do a lot better and that was very, very clear from everyone's faces. However, the players come out. And don't get me wrong, they definitely had that very determined look on their faces, which is exactly what you would expect. But truly, what a 45 minutes of football. This is part of the reason I feel like they call it the beautiful game, 100%. So, Caitlin Ford assisted Lacasse, who scored, and you could see that Arsenal were hungry to fix their mistakes from the first half, just based on this goal alone. Within five minutes of that... We then level as captain Katie McCabe passed to Alessi Russo, who was completely unmarked in the box and got the next goal. It'd be very, very interesting to see just how often that happens because um, you very, very rarely see it when she's playing United, since she's been at Arsenal or for the Lionesses. Seeing Alessi Russo unmarked is very, very rare. From this point on, it essentially just snowballed into a bit of a goals first, which is really good for our goal difference in particularly. Ford then scored a really, really well composed goal, which should definitely make the highlights real at the end of the season. Three minutes later, Victoria Plover finally got her name on the score sheet. Obviously, she also secured an assist as well. On came Blackstanius, Hertig and Mead and all three had chances pretty much as soon as they came on. It was Blackstanius that scored first though in the 75th minute and then Hertig scored in stoppage time. I love seeing Lena Hertig score because I have always been team Lena Hertig. I think she's a very impressive player but just her injuries at Arsenal, whether they happen with Arsenal or with Sweden, just seem to really impact her like 
kind of ability to show herself for Arsenal but I think we're we've already been seeing streaks of it for Sweden she's had some really impressive international form and I'm excited to see that really come into Arsenal but I do think we're already seeing that so this win is actually our fifth consecutive win and we are now in second place three points behind Chelsea and in third place is currently Manchester United. They are one point behind us. And then in fourth is Tottenham Hotspur, who are on 11 points. So two points behind us. So definitely all still very, very close, either way you look at it. But considering, I think, the nerves that certainly the fans were feeling at the start of our season, we're already really calming down. I think we're already starting to see some real nice flow of Arsenal's style of football. However, while I think 6-2 is very, very impressive, it's so concerning that we went 2-0 down so aggressively in the first half. And I think as much as we did pull it back, which is important, there's definitely um, a need if you're going to win the league to be able to pull performances out of the bag, come down from defeat, you know, etc. Have that fighting mentality. However, I personally feel that if that happens against a different team, for example, Chelsea, we play them on the 10th of December at the Emirates, then I don't see it going the same way. So obviously that needs to be assessed. And I think it's important not to let this good result in the end cloud over what happened because ultimately they did overrun us in the first half. Now, before we dive into some whys and why nots of the analysis, let's have a quick look at some stats. So possession was actually a lot closer than I think a lot of people would expect based on the scoreline. Leicester had 44%, Arsenal 56 Shots-wise, Arsenal had 24 and Leicester had 8 But of those, 2 were on target for Leicester, 12 were on target for Arsenal. And then this is an interesting one. This is passes in the final third. Leicester had 74. Arsenal had 128, which I think is a lot more how we're used to seeing Arsenal play. Now, the players that were interviewed, particularly Victoria Pulover, who, of course, won player of the match, and Jonas Eidvold in his post-match talks all agreed that they had not changed the way they were playing, the game plan, etc. And Jonas Eidvold actually also said that he didn't deliver some big, shouty, Hollywood-style talk at half-time. Instead, it was very focused on the tactics and kind of just bolstering the players, which I thought was quite an interesting take um, because I think a lot of people were obviously expecting like a, a rousing moment. So what did change? The boss said, We've kept the structure, but we challenged the application on what we needed to do. We did like, we usually do, we looked at how it looks and see where there are spaces. So by this he means that what the players see versus what the like bench slash management coaching team see obviously different, but it also means the clips that they have continuously are looking at as the game goes on. From this, I do have to agree that Arsenal didn't particularly change their game plan. I just think they executed it better. So overall, Leicester went player for player in their press. And Leicester had a very high and aggressive line. Leicester's success in the first half was definitely aided by the fact that Arsenal's lack of counter movements and how they weren't really evading them. Most players for Arsenal, for example, wanted the ball straight to their feet as opposed to, say, passing to space, for example, and creating that space and like pushing the Leicester players around for movement. So because of that, 
Space behind Leicester was not threatened, despite the fact that there was a large amount of it. Whereas in the second half, Arsenal created far more depth, which stretches spaces between their lines and is vital in order to progress the ball centrally and through. Another aspect of the game to look at is Kyra Cooney Cross's role and, to some extent, Victoria Pullover's role, but mainly Kyra Cooney Cross here. So in the first half um, of her first ever start, start, Leicester definitely managed to exploit Arsenal's inverting RB tactic in the first half, as they say, but Kyra really showed her passing take on while carrying and defensive work and like acumen. I think this was a very strong performance from Kyra. I also think overall, individually, they were quicker and won their individual duels, which I think over time obviously builds up and that is what you see in the kind of result and the whole team aspect of these goals, which I also feel links to the fact that all of the goal scorers, there was many, many different goal scorers. But ultimately, I think it comes to the whole issue of if you want to play to your feet, which you absolutely can, Barcelona do it quite a lot, you can say that it is possible, but at the minute, we're just clearly not quick enough to be able to do it that way, um, whereas into playing into space was a lot more effective in this game. But now, let's move on to some Arsenal news. So first off, Anita Asante and Ellen White, who are obviously both former Arsenal players, along with Jill Scott, Queen of the Jungle, (laughs) have all been inducted into the WSL Hall of Fame, which is a huge sign of respect to them, but also just shows what a career they had and also their impact on the game as a whole. We also saw Vivian Leah, who is just 17, making her first appearance on the bench for a WSL game. Interestingly, she did actually travel to Sweden, although she obviously never featured against Lynn Sherping or Paris FC. But I do love seeing how Jonas is bringing, again, the younger academy kids in. Even if it's just to get the experience of a match day, those sorts of experiences can be vital into their growth. And of course, we also saw a real support for her based on how the bench you know, made sure there was an arm around her at that end of the whistle. I also love that there was a chant for her from the fans, which she seemed to really appreciate. Her face absolutely lit up, which again, great to see. And of course, there wasn't just support from there. We saw Freya Godfrey, who is currently out on loan at Charlton, um, posted her like sign of support on Twitter, or should I say X, I suppose. So all round, great news for Arsenal and finally, two more bits of exciting news. So first off, we now know that 45,000 tickets have been sold for the clash against Chelsea at the Emirates on the 10th of December and Jodie Taylor is back at Arsenal, this time not in a playing capacity but she is in a new role of Football Services Executive where she will work closely with the Arsenal boss Jonas Eidevel and also Claire Wheatley. On her new venture, she spoke about the importance of returning to Arsenal for a way to end her playing career, saying that there's no better club than Arsenal. We also know that in the past, she was taking a master's in sports directorship, although we're not current, I'm personally not currently aware if that's completed yet or not, I'm assuming it is. But on that note of a full circle moment for our Jodie Taylor, I will end this podcast. Thank you so much for listening. I'll see you next week to discuss our next game against Brighton and hopefully another three points in the back. Bye.